0: Hey, students. It's so good to be with you guys tonight. Uh, my name is Levi. I'm one of the pastors on the team here. Uh, who's having a good Wednesday night already? Come on. Uh, just wanted to say thanks again to Aiden and the team for leading us in worship. What a, what a gift it is that we get to gather together as people and be led into the presence of God. Let's never take that for granted. That, that's incredible. So, thanks, team, for leading us. Thanks, Aiden, for worshiping us, worshiping with us, leading us into worship. Um, CA students, it's so good to be with you guys. I'm excited for this part of the night. This part of the night is when we take a little bit of time to look at God's word. I'm excited because we're continuing in a series we've been in for the past few weeks called Kingdom Now. Kingdom Now. And it's, it's awesome. We're going through the gospel of Luke, which is one of the biographies of Jesus. And we're really asking the question, what is a gospel? A gospel is a it's a royal proclamation that a new king is in town. And so the, the gospel of Jesus Christ is the announcement that God has come and he is now king. And, and a necessary corollary to that is that with him, he's brought a kingdom with him. And what is a kingdom? a kingdom? A kingdom is the way a king does things, right? And so if God has become king, that means that God has brought his way of doing things to earth. And so that's the invitation of Jesus. Come, come into a different way of living. It's really an eternal kind of living where the way we do things becomes the way God does things. That's, that's pretty incredible. We're welcomed into that new people that he's forming. And so the rest of the series, we've just been going through the words and stories of Jesus so that we can get a glimpse at this kingdom, so that we can get a glimpse at this gospel. And as we do that, we're welcomed into it by Jesus himself. And so I want to encourage you. uh, Aiden already announced this, but we have a reading plan that's going along with this. The way that it works is you read like two or three chapters a week, and then you come on Wednesday night, and that's what we're teaching on. It's like it's by design, because it is. And so I really encourage you guys, please do that so we can be together. But even more than that, when you read God's word, you come into contact with God himself, right? And you're not just reading stories about a man who was, you're reading stories about a God who is, right? And and a God who wants to encounter you and be in a relationship with you. So please join us with that as we discover who Jesus is. If you're like, man, I I, I dropped the ball, like I, I was reading and then I stopped or I haven't started, don't worry, we've only read the first seven chapters. And if you haven't read the Bible very much, chapters in the Bible are not as long as chapters in other books. They're like 50 sentences, you know? <laughs> and so it, you can either catch up to us or just jump in with us where we are. Please, don't don't let anything as small as that be an excuse to not join us in reading uh, through the Gospel of Luke together. Uh, I'm so excited. I just felt led by uh, God to kind of open it up tonight with like, we're, we're talking about Jesus, right? So I just wanted to ask you like, what do you love about Jesus today? You know, and I just, I, I want let, to, let's be a culture that asks each other that question, right? We don't want to just be a, a people that sing songs and read a book. We want to be a, a people around one person, Jesus, right? So what is it that you love about Jesus today? For me, it's that he's a shame breaker, right? We, we know that he, he forgives sins, but sometimes we can have this idea in our head that our present is still defined by our past failures, and, and because of that, even though we've been forgiven, we're still under that sin's control, right? Because, because we're unable to get out of that shame. Jesus comes to save us from all of that, right? He's not just saving us from the penalty of sin, but he's saving us from the control of sin. That's not even in my notes. That's just what, that's what I love about Jesus today. And so I want to encourage you. What is it that you, are, you love about Jesus today? Because we're all about Jesus, right? And so... Let's, let's read some things that he said, right? This, uh, this past week in the reading plan, we read chap- Luke chapters six and seven. And so this passage comes from the last part of chapter six. Jesus is finishing a big teaching and this is the last block of things that he says. Luke chapter six, verse 43. Jesus says, no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. That makes sense. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. And so that's kind of like, oh, that's a cool idea, but then he applies it to us, and that's dangerous, right? A good man brings good out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. Listen to this. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. I'm just wondering today, how many of us have had what's in our hearts revealed by what we said? It makes you, makes you think a little bit differently about, oh, I was just kidding, right? Because what's coming out of your mouth is what's actually coming out of your heart. But Jesus isn't done. He's not holding back, so let's not hold back from him. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? He's like, why do, you, why do you give me this title that means I'm the highest authority in your life and then act like I'm not an authority in your life? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they're like. They're like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but couldn't shake it. Why? Because it was built well. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice, the one who hears this sermon and does not put it into practice, is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. Let's pray and see what God has to speak to us tonight. Lord Jesus, thank you that your word, the scriptures are available to us, that we can encounter you. You are still living and active. And so God, I pray that by the power of your spirit, would you speak to us even now? Would you help us to believe, to have faith that these words are not just ancient texts, but they are your words to us tonight? Would you lead us into closer, deeper adoration of you and closer followership of you? We pray that you'll do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you were with us last week, we talked a little bit about how we do one of two things when we come to the Bible, and we want to do this thing called exegesis, right? We have a slide that's exegesis versus eisegesis. Big fancy words. What do they mean? Exegesis, like exit, you're going out. When you do exegesis, you're pulling the truth of the text, you're pulling that out so you can apply it to your life eisegesis is when you come to the Bible thinking you already know who Jesus is and you only look for the scriptures that agree with that, right? And here's here's the danger of doing eisegesis. If you you already think you know who Jesus is and you only come to the text and only accept those things that agree with you, God's not shaping you into his image, you're shaping him into your image. And that's dangerous because if you're shaping God into your image, he can't save you because you can't save you right? We, we need to do exegesis. We need to come to the scriptures as they are, what they say, and let Jesus speak to us and let him form us into his image. Does that make sense? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to draw out two truths that we find in these words of Jesus. And, and really, these two truths, they will totally determine the way you live your life. They will determine your actions. They will determine your words. What are these two things? It's what you are filled with and what you are founded on. What you are filled with and what you are founded on. So let's start with the first one. What you are filled with. What what does this mean? The point that Jesus is making is what you produce, your words and your actions, what you produce is a product of what you are, right? If you're an apple tree you're going to be making apples, right? Or or really what Jesus is saying is, if you're making apples, it's revealed that you're an apple tree, right? What you produce, your words and your actions, what you produce is a product of who you are, right? And so this metaphor of fruit describing a person's actions or deeds, it's from the Old Testament, and Jesus is taking it and he's applying it to us, right? Right? And so here, here's what we're getting at, really, really what Jesus is getting at, is what's required of a disciple is it's not just the behaviors, what's on the outside, it's not just the fruit that needs to change, because if you, if you want the fruit to change, what do you need? You need a different tree, right? And so Jesus, being a follower of Jesus, is not just about behavior modification, it's about heart transformation, right? Because you can try to do different things for a while, but after a while, what's in you is going to come out of you. Who you are is going to influence and determine what you do and what you say, right? And so that's what following Jesus is all about. Discipleship requires not just good deeds, but a pure heart, because that's where the deeds come from in the first place, In in other words, discipleship is not just about doing the right kinds of things, it's about becoming the right kinds of people. Because the right kinds of people will have the right kinds of things come out of them naturally, right? Jesus is not just here to change what we do and what we say, he's here to change our nature so that what comes naturally to us is different, right? So that what comes naturally to us matches What's him? What, what is coming from him, right? That's what his kingdom is all about. Like, your will, not mine be done, right? We're being shaped into this new kind of humanity that matches the kingdom of God. Now, here's the thing. I want to be really clear. This is not Jesus saying, so you need to get your act together, right? If you hear this and think like, man, I guess really now I got to, not just got to change my behavior, but I got to change my heart. I have bad news. You can't change your heart. There's nothing you can do. It's entirely outside of your power. The great news of the gospel is it's totally within Jesus' power. That's his thing. That's what he does. He transforms hearts with his, with his love. That's the greatest power, right? It's not, it's not primarily with his justice. It's not with this. It's with his love that he transforms our hearts, right? And so really, this is good news, it's not bad news that we have to work so hard to get to the root. It's good news that Jesus wants to save us all the way to the root, right? He's not a Band-Aid savior. He's, he's not gonna come and just like give you cough medicine. He's gonna kill the disease. Does that make sense? He, that's, that's the depth of his salvation. That's how good this news really is. You know, and, and it's not something that you can, he's, get this, Jesus is not primarily here to help you He's here to save you, right? He's here to transform you. If you want a self-help section, there's one of those at the library. That's not what Jesus is about. He's not here to help you. He's here to save you, to transform you so that the core of who you are becomes different, right? This is really, really good news. He wants to go to the root. So how do we apply this to our lives Well, I think ultimately, we throw ourselves on the mercy and power of Jesus, right? Because he's the only one that can transform us. However, there are things we can do to open ourselves to his transforming power. And so the question I want to ask you is, if what is inside of you is what comes out of you, what are you practically, consistently putting inside of you? Because you are, did you know you are the gatekeeper to everything that comes inside of you? You, you, it's not, like, you, you are the one that determines that. You are the one that determines the shows you watch, the music you listen to, like, all these things. You are the gatekeeper guarding what's coming into you. And I just have to be honest. If you're on Netflix, you know, like, watching shows about suicide, about how that's the answer, if you're watching shows, like, idolizing, like, romantic relationships like I will not be fulfilled until or when I have a romantic relationship if you are watching things that are totally violent you know like and you're getting used to the image of god being grotesquely attacked yeah. you're being shaped right. right and and if you're making your highest good or your highest desire these things what you're actually doing is you're allowing these things to control you and let me tell you they're a cruel master because they'll never satisfy you They'll always cry for more and more and more. If the music you're listening to is all about how you can get more money, how you can get the guy or the girl, if you get that drink, whatever it is, these things are shaping us, CA students. And so I want to flip the script. What if instead of filling ourselves with these things that will shape our words and actions, what if we filled ourselves with worship? And I'm not just talking about what we did here tonight, congregational worship, singing together. I'm asking you, what does your personal one-on-one with God relationship worship look like on a daily basis? Did you know that you can have worship? Like, you don't need Aiden to worship. Aiden is awesome, and he will lead you into worship every time, I guarantee you. He's good at his job, and he's good at what God has called him to do. But did you know that you can meet with God every day? My baby's crying. Glory, I love you. It's going to be okay. <laughs> right. But see, students, you can meet with God. How, how's that going? How are you filling yourselves with God's presence? Beyond that, how, how are we becoming people of encouragement, right? Because if you're a person of encouragement, you're agreeing with what God says about other people. If you're a person of discouragement, you're disagreeing with God about what he says about other people. You get to choose who you're going to be what's coming out of you, and what's filling you. Or I gotta ask, what if we prioritized and made time for grow time, right? This is something we talked about. We, this has been happening for years here at CA Students, but we're giving it a name so they can happen more consistently. What this is, is you find a follower of Jesus that has been following Jesus longer than you, that loves you and knows you, and you're saying, like, help me to follow Jesus better, right? And so we have volunteer leaders here, pastors here, that... The reason we're here is we want to help you follow Jesus. We're convinced he's awesome, and we, and we want to help you to follow him, right? And so what, what if you made time to, to find a leader and be like, hey, let's get some grow time. You know, what, what if you made a priority to do that and filled yourself in that way? I promise you, I guarantee you, that will shape what's inside of you, and that will shape who you're becoming right? So the first thing we see in this passage is that what you're filled on will determine how you live your life, and what you produce is a product of what you are. What's the second thing we see? Is that what you're founded on will determine the way that you live your life. Specifically, how you live is not the way that you're saved, but when you're saved, there's a new way that you can live. Can we get that point up on the screens? The way you live, how you live is not the way you're saved, but when you're saved, there's a new way to live. Ooh, that's a good word. Thanks, right? Like, this is, this is the truth of the gospel, right? I love how Jesus kind of opened that sec- second section. He says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and then don't do what I say? Like, wh- why do you call me king? Why do you give me the highest title of authority, and then you don't do what I say, Right? This question contrasts right confession or believing the right things with right discipleship, right action. In other words, he's like, "Why are you being a hypocrite?" (laughs) You know, like Jesus. We need to bring right belief together with right action. Right? James, uh, later right in the New Testament, he says like, "Hey, let's not just be hearers of the word, but let's be doers of the word." Right? Like, did you know? It, following Jesus is not just about believing the right things, but it's about letting that belief inform your action and the way that you live. And and so often I've I've heard I know I've said this and I've heard other people say like, yeah, well like I'm not perfect yet, you know. And, and so because of that like I'm not I'm not perfect, but I'm I'm just a saved sinner. And and I have and I and at face value I'm like it's true. I'm not perfect, and I'm not going to be perfect on this side of eternity. <laughs> Sorry, right? But, but I also have seen a lot of people hide and choose to live the way they wanted to live, seeing you can't expect me to be perfect. I'm just a safe sinner, wow. right? And, and see, students, can I tell you that the gospel is actually better than that? The Bible says that you're not just a safe sinner, but you're a new creation. Yeah. You know, and so we can expect our lives to be transformed. It's true that we, may, we, may, we will not reach perfection this side of eternity, but it's also true that if you don't look different at all, something's wrong. Right? Something hasn't quite taken root yet. Because if we are not any different than the people around us, if we're not any different than we used to be, is it really good news that we have to offer? Right? If we're always hiding behind like I'm just a saved sinner, that people that don't know Jesus yet, what, why would they need to know him? Right, Jesus is coming not just for our future, he's coming for our present. We need people who walk with God deeply and the roots of that relationship shine out for other people to see because life with God always results in a changed life. Life with God always results in a changed life. And you can tell when someone has been with God, They're different. Like, it's like they're glowing. And you can also tell when someone claims to be a Christian and hasn't. You know what I mean? Let's be those people that have been with God, that make it a priority to be with God. Because here's the thing, CA students. We live in an information-rich, action-poor culture. What that means is we know all sorts of things. We know all sorts of things about Jesus. We know all sorts of things about the Bible. And we don't do as much as we know. We don't do as much as we know, right? And so here's what I want to offer to you. If you feel stuck following Jesus, if you feel like you just don't feel very motivated, you don't feel very excited, the solution is probably not learning something new. It's probably obeying something old. If you feel stuck following Jesus, it's probably not learning something new that's going to get you out of it. It's obeying something old, something he's already told you. Here's the thing, see students, a lot of people want the life of Jesus without the lifestyle of Jesus, right? A a lot of people think that following Jesus is all about believing the right things, but they neglect putting that truth into action. So they have Jesus the truth, but they don't have Jesus the way, and then they wonder why they don't have Jesus the life. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when we bring the truth of Jesus together with the way of Jesus, we discover the life of Jesus. And see, students, this is not about earning a spot with God. This is about saying, yes, I receive the life that you are giving me freely, right? This is never something that we can earn. That's not what it's about So, can I please ask you, please do not blame God for not giving you something that He's offering freely but you haven't taken a hold of yet. Please don't blame God for not giving you something that He's offering you but you haven't taken a hold of yet. Uh, Just an example that comes to mind is hearing God. Uh, Sometimes people come to me and they're like, you know, I just feel like I can't hear God's voice. And I'm like, well, are you reading the Bible? Are you praying? Are you listening for God? And are you surrounding yourself with other people that follow Jesus? And they're like, uh, no. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. And it's not because those are the things you need to do to earn closeness with God, but those are the things you do to open yourself to the voice of God, yeah. right? Or so, some people are like, you know, I just don't feel like I experience God's joy. I just feel heavy and down. I'd, like the circumstances of life, And I just ask, like, well, have you, like, put aside time where you meditate? That means to just think about and stay with and sit on the promises of God and the gifts of God. Because if you think about the gifts of God, you start being grateful for all the things that are good. And when you think about the promises of God, you're thinking about all the things that will be good in the future. And when you meditate on these things, you encounter the joy of God. I can't even tell you how many times the word of joy is used in the Gospel of John. Jesus says he says these things so that his joy can be in us. Jesus came so that God's joy can be yours. Right? Are, are we setting aside time to meditate on the promises and gifts of God? Or do we fill every single crack of our life with Netflix, with YouTube, with TikTok, with every other form of entertainment so that there is no space for us to encounter the one true living God? That's not God holding out on you. That's you holding out on God. Right? Like, can we, honestly, can we make space for God? In our lives, it's not a way that we earn him, but it is a way that we receive him, right? Are we going, because really, if you're looking to entertainment for your source of joy, entertainment's not bad, but if you're looking to entertainment for the true abundant life, the best entertainment can do is offer a distraction from the fact that you don't have it yet. Jesus is the only one that can satisfy and he's not holding out on us, are we doing the things where we open ourselves to receive the abundant life that he has for us? I can't say it enough. This is not earning salvation. This is not earning closeness with Jesus. It's just doing the things that open ourselves to him, right? Jesus totally saves us outside of anything we can do for ourselves, And Aiden, if you want to join me, we'll wrap soon. But it kind of makes me think of uh, this thing. When I was in high school, I was on the football team. Go Falcons. Right? Uh, This is the sweet one. Ooh, Walker. Nice. Yeah. Sweet. It's because we didn't make it to playoffs. But we were there. Uh, And so when when I was in high school, I think this is still a thing. Pretty sure. Uh, But when you're on the football team, on Fridays, on game day, you wear your jersey to school. Right? So you wear it during the day. And... One thing always bothered me a little is that there are some people on the team that were so excited to wear the jersey to school, and they really didn't seem like they cared if we won the game. There were people that wanted to be seen as being on the team. They wanted to be known as football players. But when it came to the way they practiced, when it came to the way they played, there was no conviction there. There was no commitment there. And it didn't seem like they actually cared about whether or not we won. It just cared. They just cared about how they were seen, right? Can I tell you, C.A. students, Jesus, when he saves us, here's a great theological word, he imputes righteousness to us, his own righteousness. What that means is the righteousness of Jesus is applied to us. Yeah. We wear his righteousness like a garment. That's what it says. But here's the thing. The righteousness we receive from Jesus is not just a badge to wear, it's a lifestyle to live. This jersey is not just a decoration you wear to school, it's something you wear for the game, right? The righteousness from Jesus is not just a badge to show other people that I belong to this God. It is that, and that's awesome, but also it's so that you can get in the game, that you can experience the abundant life that He has for you. (laughs) CA students, are you in the game? Are you in the game or are you just wearing the jersey on Fridays? Je- Jesus, he only has good for you. He-, he has the most abundant riches that he wants to invite us into. He's not just concerned with your eternity, he's concerned with your present. He-, he-, he invites us into abundant life, he invites us into eternal life. Can I give you a hint? Eternal means forever, it doesn't mean later. Right? Like Jesus came for your life now. And yes, it will last for forever, but stop waiting. We don't need to wait to experience life with God. We can follow Jesus and become apprentices, students in eternal living. That's what he's all about. And can I just tell you that there are going to be all sorts of hard things come your way in life. There are going to be all sorts of storms that come to you. There are going to be relationships that let you down, jobs you don't get. All sorts of things that go wrong. You don't get to choose your storms, but you do get to choose your foundation. And I got a good one. And you can have him too. He wants to be that for us. Right? So how do we apply this to our lives? Well, it's really simple. What's a teaching of Jesus that you've heard but you haven't yet obeyed? Because we don't want to be like that foolish builder that heard but didn't put it into practice. Right? What about forgiveness? Who here has been wronged by someone and is holding it against them, thinking it's really getting them back, but all it's doing is poisoning you? you know, can I, can I tell you a secret about forgiving people? Forgiving someone is not saying that what they did wasn't wrong, right? Like, if someone hurt you, they're wrong, right? I'm, I'm not saying that by forgiving them, you're saying they didn't do anything wrong. They did something wrong. Forgiveness is saying you did something wrong. But I'm still going to choose to love you. It's not, it's not okaying. It's not justifying their actions. It's just saying that I'm not going to hate them. But I'm going to choose the way of Jesus and choose radical forgiveness. Right? What about prayer? You know, some people are like, I just don't feel like I'm good at prayer. Yeah, well, I'm not good at violin. And it's because I don't do it. You know, like, some people have this misconception that once you say yes to Jesus, everything spiritual is going to come to you naturally. no you got to practice and practice and practice and practice and practice and then you get kind of good and it becomes almost a little bit fun so that when you continue to practice and practice and practice and practice, you gain a little bit of proficiency and then you're like, okay, now I'm rolling. And then you practice and practice and practice and then you're good at something. It's the same thing with prayer. It's the same thing with spiritual gifts. It's the same thing with worship. (laughs) Like we, God is not always like a microwave. Much more often he's like an oven, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And who knows, most of the time that's a much tastier thing. (laughs) right? What about, what about purity? We've heard what Jesus said about purity. We know that he, he's talking about what's going on inside our heads or even with our bodies. He holds it to a very high standard. And we think like, yeah, well, it's just, it's just me in a screen. It's just me in my head. Like, that's not going to affect anyone. Jesus says it actually does. What, are we going to put that into practice? What about making disciples? You know, like Jesus tells us that We become fishers of people. We talked about that last week, right? Whatever following him means, part of it is telling others about him. See, students, only you can answer what it is that you know you've heard from Jesus, but you haven't yet put into practice. Please, this is not a chore. This is abundant life. And I promise you that if you step out in obedience, God will more than meet you there. He'll already be there. And he's going to make it worth your while. And so... What have we learned from Jesus tonight? We learned the two most important things about how we're going to live our lives is what we're filled with and what we're founded on, right? And that what you produce comes out of who you are, and Jesus wants to transform that. That's how deeply his salvation affects us. And that how you live is not the way you're saved, but when you're saved, there's a new way you can live. You can live in the kingdom now, and that's the hope of the gospel, right? That the way God does things has been made available to us even now. And so what other way to respond to a God this good than to worship? And you know, that's, that's, that's what worship is. It's not generating a feeling amongst us. It's saying, God, you're incredible. And, and you get all of my adoration, all of my praise, right? And so our God is that good. And so that's what we're going to do for a little bit now. In just a second, Aiden's going to lead us in a song or two. Uh, and so, in a second, we'll stand up and we'll sing. But also, there are going to be leaders around the room. And if you need to talk to someone, if you need to pray with someone, if you want to talk through that next step that you feel like you need to take, leaders will be there, and we would love to do that with you. That's why we're here, right? We want to help you to follow Jesus. We don't have everything figured out, but, you know, we're following Jesus, and he's got it all figured out. And so, let's, let's take a moment and let's respond to the goodness, the generosity of our God. So would you guys stand with me, and I'll pray, and then we'll worship. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're such a good and generous God. I thank you that you are at work transforming even the deepest parts of who we are. God, I pray that you would help us to respond, not so that we can earn your goodness, but because we've already received it, and we want more of it. So help us to step out in obedience, that we can experience the fullness of who you are. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.